Hey, America. Start listening now. Ah, good. We don't have to talk about Eurovision anymore. Now we can talk about ourselves. We're opening up the mailbag. Eric, what do we got down there? Uh, I see you. Oh. And welcome to another federally indicted episode of 12 Points from America, a Eurovision Song Contest podcast from America, the country where you have a chandelier to brighten your stolen oh, documents. I'm Eric. I'm Derek. I'm Samantha. I'm Danny. Let us not forget that chandelier was originally intended to brighten your toilet. Yes. In your yeah. carpeted bag. It was in a, Ew. It, was a, it was directly over a toilet. Ew. Good old right. carpeted Enough about, enough about that. Carpeted bathrooms. I know. Yeah. Can you imagine? Of all of the amenities at Mar-a-Lago, they still have carpeted bathrooms. That's because everyone sits to pee. Anyway, socials. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't know what what do you mean by that, Derek? I, I, I how is this different from any other experience? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Sam, I'm hit with the social. Uh, yeah, speaking of our various amenities. Well, hey, <laughs> you can find us on all of the standard social media outlets: Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, etc., etc., etc. At one two points USA, or just email us directly at twelve points from America at gmail.com. Feel free to buy our fabulous merchandise over on Redbubble, or you could also support us directly uh, on a monthly basis over on Patreon. Whether you support us financially or not, we love you anyway. But Patreon supporters get exclusive content and early access. Access to episodes. Want to give a shout out to one of our newest patrons, Peggy Pegs. Welcome to the family. We, oh. Yeah, Peggy Pegs. Thank you. Is her full name Margaret Margaret's? It is now. <laughs> Peggy Pegs, if you are currently listening to this episode, you have a job to do. Uh, you need to head over to your local government office and change your name to Margaret Margaret's. <laughs> so sorry, we don't make the rules. Uh, it, it is what it is. It just has to be done. Uh, um, you may also yeah. be listening to us by our friends over at Switch Radio Europe calling this week. If you are, Thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, welcome to the family again. And thank you to Switch Radio Europe Calling for having us uh, on their airwaves. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I also really want to shout out our pat- patrons right now because uh, we are currently using some new gear. We were able to get some new microphones and uh, we were able to get a mixing board and uh, and some other cool stuff that uh, that we're really, really excited to to have and hopefully bring uh, a little bit better, uh, higher audio fidelity on our shows and, and, and other things like that, uh, including when we're over in Europe again, whenever that may be. And... We're just really excited, and we, and this doesn't happen without you. So so thank you very much to uh, to all of you uh, out there who contributed. Yeah. Uh, this is this is what this is the sort of thing that we started the Patreon for. We really we're really really grateful. Um, this is really a labor of love for all of us, and knowing that some of you guys are are loving what we do enough to chuck a couple of whatever your local currency is at us a month, we really do we really do appreciate it. Um, granted that when we do record remotely. Uh, all bets are off, <laughs> so you you will know which ones were remote. But you know we'll we'll figure that out. We've we've got good stuff for that too. We do, uh, and that also costs money. So mm-hmm. so thank you again for to everyone for uh, for your contributions. All right, we are opening the mailbag today, but before we do that, I did want to tell a quick story. Uh, it. It's fine. Don't it's worry. It's a good one. It's a it's, good it's one. Good. So early, earlier this week, uh, as of as of recording, I had put out sort of a call. There's a song from Norway's MGP National, MGP National yeah. Final uh, this this past year that I quite enjoy uh, called Echo Inimai, which is a song entirely in Norwegian by a singer, uh, two singers, Jon and Silke. And there's a part in it. 
And you know what? We should probably just play a clip here. But there's a there's a, a chanting. There's a, sort of a chant phrase sort of thing, and it sounds like this. So basically, what I was curious about was. You can look at a translation, there are pl- like on Genius and LyricsTranslate.com or whatever it is, uh, translations of this song because it's entirely in Norwegian. But for some reason, that little section, the Elo Suryame Yondonne, isn't translated in any of them. Like mm-hmm. it gets translated into English or to French or, or, or whatever. That part always stays the same. And I wonder, well, what is this thing? What does it mean? Uh, Google Translate seemed to have no idea. My first thought was maybe it's like a yoik or something like that. But honestly, honestly, like phonetically, I think it's too compli- complex to be a yoik. So, so yoiking to task. Well, Ooh. well, you know, <laughs> uh, it seemed like it probably wasn't that, but it maybe could be. I don't know. I thought if it was a yoik, there would have been people would have written about it, like oh, it was more yoiking or whatever. But but that's not what happened. And so I went on Twitter and said. Does anyone know what this means? And a lot of people were like, I think it's just nonsense. Uh, or it's just like a made up thing. Like it, it's, it's the Chuto Tuto of, of Norwegian. Ah, the Chuto Tutory. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but I wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't sure. So I went to the source. Uh, I sent some DMs. You emailed them? I, you emailed I, Norway? I slid into their DMs. I see. Ooh. Uh, and, uh, Yon didn't respond. He's not a friend of the show. However, <laughs> Silka. Silka is a friend of the show. Yes, yeah, Silka. And and gave us an answer, and it is more. It is a bit more interesting than it's just nonsense. Uh, here's what she said: the melody part I sing is inspired by Norwegian folk music and something we call kveing, which means cow calling. Oh, hmm. uh, and it uh, and was something that was used in the old days up in the mountains to call for the cows to come. So in the song, uh, my part is his ex girlfriend who still keeps calling him. Calling him back so he can't forget her. Heart mm. emoji. So so what we're saying is that Yuna is a cow. Yes. This <laughs> is canon. And This I is love, awesome. I love this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's literally a cow call. This is a heck of a lot more melodic than like the American Appalachian version, which would have been something like Sue here, pig, 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 Sue. Here, pig, 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 pig. I mean they do have a contest for that. I know. They do. Yeah. You know, right. a duck call just, you know, emanating from... <laughs> I don't know if that belongs in an MGP finalist song. Just go... Next year we'll have something mm-hmm. that they just go... And all of the cats in Finland just come... Just come running. Excellent. Does this mean we have, like, our first 12 Points from America exclusive? Kind of. This doesn't seem like information that was able to be gotten out there. No, and, I, and why, I, I looked. I couldn't find anything about this. I, I, I mean, we were the first people to ask. Maybe. At least in English. Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, there were some like Norwegian articles that talked about it. Or, or they just in, knew about it. In Norway, it's just understood that that's what that is. Uh, but we're not in Norway. So. I mean, you as a Norwegian American don't have this like carved into your dna somewhere you didn't just uh, know that just innately i'm, I'm like, only 37 and a half percent norwegian ah uh, Derek, wait, wait, what about wait, you no no that's no. not the threshold to like born awaken no activate that's wrong i am i am i am five eighths norwegian not three eighths i was on the wrong side of the half oh uh, so you so, are yeah 62 and a half percent norwegian but apparently uh, i didn't know about the cow thing so you're just from the wrong part of norway Probably literally, yes. My family is not from the mountainous part. Ah. So, you know. 
All right. Sh- well, then, we Derek, what's your excuse? Yeah. Mr. Sillerud over there? 50%. I was going to say, Derek knew about this the entire time. He just wanted to test us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just asked Derek. Look, it's it's an exclusive club, and you're not in it. <laughs> the exclusive Norwegian cow calling club. That's right. We're okay. going to put that on our next, uh, <laughs> our next Red Bubble shirt. <laughs> Twelve moves from a a murica. A murica. Oh. All right. Where's the bag? Where's yeah, the let's, let's open right. the bag. Yeah, let's let's get that bag. Oh, thank you. You've been in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned. Oh, that. shut <laughs> up. Should we play the thing? Again? No. 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 All right. All right. Who is who is our first uh, question from? All right. Well, let's let's crack this open uh, again. Thanks again to all of our patrons, uh, our patrons from Patreon. Patroons? Patroons! Who, our Patreons! Our yeah. Patreons! Uh, who reached out to us with some great questions. Uh, first one comes from our friend Andrew Davis. Are there any non-ESC songs that a country could have sent and done well? For example, Ozone's Drago Stadiente, the Numa Numa song that we all know and love from Moldova, could have excelled if they'd entered in 04 instead of 05. Uh, I actually wrote an entire article about this. Oh, oh my god, I wrote that... T- I wrote that 10 years ago for ESC Insight, uh, and I did an entire piece on this. Drago Stadiente was actually the first song that I mentioned. The other songs that I put on here were Stereo Love by Edward Maia and Dica for Romania. Mm-hmm. It cracked into the U.S. top 20. It charted, it topped the charts in like 10 different countries. It would have been eligible for the 2010 contest, and so that would have potentially replaced playing with fire. How might something that would, was like an enormous hit from the U.K.? done do you think like if they would have sent bleeding love if you think they would have oh yeah oh that would have done don't say don't say waste do you think that would have done a number one finish what was that 2007 something like that so that would have been potentially going up against like molitva sure that would have been that would have been a race for the ages it wouldn't have been hard rock hallelujah that's too late yeah, you Hard Rock Hallelujah was two, is 2006. Uh, yeah. If Bleeding Love is in 2007, I think Dancing Lashatum by wins. Because, oh, because Moliva takes the... Like, they, they, they split, split the, the ballad vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They split the vote and dead. It's like, oh man, but let's talk about this alternate yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of another amazing alternate universe, uh, November 1972 release, therefore 73 eligible, Prison Colon NC9 Chusel hmm. by Adriano Celentano for Italy. Could you imagine? Do you not know this song? I do not know. Okay, this is the song that uh, Adriano Celentano wrote because he was so ticked off at Italian singers butchering English language songs that he ended up creating English gibberish. Yes, so he created. So he created this this gibberish, this this gibberish thing that sounded like English, but it has a horns riff that could knock you on your butt. That's right. I've seen this. Like, so. It would have taken it's a very per- good song. It would have taken it would have taken advantage of the EBU's recently loosened restrictions on language. Hmm. Italy's actual entry that year, Kisaraconte, came in thirteenth place. So would going weird and bending the rules have done any better? <laughs> I was gonna say this I, is this is still the era when you had to send your uh, your official language, your native language. It, no, right? it was just recently loosened restriction on language. And what was the voting system at the time? I don't remember. It, I mean, it was all jury. If it was um, all jury, I don't think the jury's would uh, go for it. Perhaps not. Okay. It would, have, it would have been weird. Televote would have eaten it up, but... <laughs> oh, my God. I don't... I don't. I think the juries would have looked at it and it's like, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, but those those were the two first ones that I thought of. Um, there's a rap song in German by 
uh, Die Fantastischen Vier called MFG that I've always loved that would have been amazing in 99. But yeah, what do you guys think? What are some uh, of your picks? Eurovision has, as much as we like to deny it, Eurovision has its own sort of, uh, I'm not going to say taste. That's not right the right word. But there's a certain genre of song that is sort of Eurovision presentable that we've been able to open up in the past couple of years. But like in the early 2010s, even when the contest was beginning to feel a lot more like the kind of pop music that you encounter in everyday life, even sending someone who was huge then, like, like, can you imagine if Sweden had sent an Avicii song? Oh my god. Like, do you, do you think as as marketable and huge as those songs were in the 2010s, do you think it would have done number one-able at Eurovision, though? A song like Wake Me Up, I think, probably probably could have. Mm. It's, it's, Wake Me Up come out the same year? Oh, uh, is that the same year as, like, Running Scared? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could have had... We could have... Uh. <laughs> no, I think that came out, like, a year or so later. But even still, like, is is a song that is as non-Eurovision as that, could it have really cracked apart Eurovision even that recently? Mm -hmm. It's such a hard thing to say because they're so different in terms of criteria. We have juries who would be really indisposed to supporting something like that because there are still those segments of the juries. Not to get back to our conversation from last episode. No, I want to rehash this again. (laughs) (laughs) But there are those in the juries who have a uh, a mission that I think is not completely unnoble to sort of hold up uh, songs that are more... Traditional. Traditional, (laughs) or I would even say like artistically complex. Rather, perhaps not that, but yeah, more traditional or or foregrounding local ethnic roots rather than something that is as obscenely American as Avicii. My my only counterpoint to that is Snap did rather poorly at the contest and has become since an an international hit. Assuredness on the pop charts yeah. does not necessarily mean number one at the contest at all. And there's a joke about oh, the UK could send Adele and she would come last because no. But I'm and I think about it at the same time like yes, an Adele song is great on an album or on a soundtrack or mm-hmm. on the radio. Was that work on stage with the staging and the three minutes and all the other stuff? From it's yeah. it's a completely different system. I think I don't think it'd be fair to say, well, this song was a hit on the radio. It's going to be a hit on the show. No, that's not a guarantee. Mm, I keep saying, ask Alika. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just going back to Avicii there, it should be noted that technically speaking, he did write a yeah. song for Eurovision, yeah. which, which, which it, was, it was it was the it was the anthem, the the sort of opening ceremony anthem for the 2013 contest that he composed it with Bjorn and Benny from ABBA, the song called We Write the Story, that was like the opening mm. anthemic track. So it's not like... Quite the you, lineup there. It's not like Eurovision wasn't outside of his scope. It just wasn't necessarily in the competitive setting. A couple of things come to mind for me. Uh, there was a song circa, I don't know, 2002, 2003, called Je Pas Vintan, uh, by a singer named Alizé, mm. who was a big, big French star, uh, for for a while, uh, that song is unbelievably catchy, and I think that it probably would have done pretty well. Also, the first thing that came to mind for me, though, just throw this out there: how about something like "Rock and Roll Star" by Oasis? Mm. Mm. I'm unfamiliar. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the guys from Oasis backstage at Eurovision? Though, like, <laughs> just be the worst. Try you... try interviewing those oh, guys. Come I, on. I would love to try interviewing those guys. <laughs> like holding maybe, each other at night. Maybe <laughs> maybe not at the same time. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I it, those those first couple of Oasis albums. Mm. I mean, just take your pick. Mm. I, I would have loved to have seen how. Something like that. Send, you know, do Wonderwall. Do, uh, I don't know. A, a lot of these would have to be cut back. Because, uh, like, Don't Look Back in Anger is They'd an incredible sending, song, but it's five minutes long and it kind of yeah. needs all of it. They would be sending Oasis at the same, in literally the same era where something as as baby food as Love Shine a Light wins, though. Like, um, I don't know. I mean... It I, is a culture of the contest. The culture of the contest wasn't mm-hmm. ready for Britpop. I mean, I mean, I mean, Rock and Roll Star would have was released in, in like, late 94, early 95. So, so it I mean, definitely would have been a shock to the system. But I think the music is just so undeniable. I mean, yeah, What's the Story Morning Glory... That album came out in late 95, which would have made it eligible for 96. So we could have potentially had Oasis, hypothetically, instead of Ooh Ah Just a Little Bit. Oh, like two completely oh, different oh, ends that, of the Eurovision spectrum. Yeah. I don't want to give that up. I don't want to give that up either. I don't let it down. All right. So then we, so then we look at Definitely no. Maybe, which was, which was out in 94. Yeah. That's crazy that those were less... Than like eighteen months. Apart, I know. By the way. Well, honestly, there's something that's quite darling to me about early '90s Eurovision. Though. It's 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 far back. It's not quite cheese. Uh, there's something very very earnest and very mm-hmm. genuine about it that is hard to replicate. I just something find it, I don't want to lose. I just find it funny that like around, all around the world is technically longer than three Eurovision songs put together. Yep, it's <laughs> it's nine minutes long. <laughs> I. I I will go to my grave defending Be Here Now, their third album that is that is often derided as just being the most overproduced, overwritten, just nonsense. And I completely agree with that. But the thing is, is, it's, is that it's fantastic. It is. <laughs> the problem is it's Oasis doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, All it's, Around the World is an amazing yeah, track. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's probably my favorite Oasis track. Mm. Uh, and that is also like seven, eight minutes long. <laughs> They're going to say that. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's 742 according to this. Yeah. That's my favorite English expression. There's a great. Uh, we should go to the next question, but, but oh, we should ask uh, Derek. What is? Did you have? Can't think of anything. Okay. Uh, he just wants to talk about the juries again. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, it, it's hard to say because I think to really dig through it, I, I don't think a big hit would necessarily be what to look for. Yeah. I think I've already said that. Yeah. I think you'd have to find something that did relatively well, was kind of obscure, but that was like super catchy and immediate. Almost like a one-hit wonder would be the best thing. Mm. For the contest, that's, that's, oh, like, that's yeah. interesting. Like Leona oh. Lewis, yeah, yeah. Ble- no, bleeding love would have. I mean, I said dancing might win. Maybe bleeding love just wins. It is a it is a, a sad woman singing a powerful song on mm-hmm. stage, yep. which Eurovision loves. Yeah, I, uh, I I'm going to shut up about Oasis, but before I do, <laughs> there's a documentary. It was on Netflix at one point about the first like five five or so years of their of their career, and it's called I think it's called Supersonic. It's fantastic. And you mentioned, you know what I mean as a, as your favorite British phrase. Yeah. I think if you had a drinking game, like if we had a drinking game for take a shot anytime one of the Gallagher says that phrase in that movie, oh, that's what I mean. we'd, we'd be dead. We'd be dead. Yes. <laughs> it's, it is remarkable. It's basically the period at the end of their sentences. Yeah. 
It's it's wild. Uh, Sam, what's uh, what what's next in the the bag? All right, next up we've got one from Shoegazer MN. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what were you doing when you saw the Greek jury points? And I'm going to expand that a little bit to <laughs> how did you react when you saw the Greek jury points? Yeah, what were we all doing? We were yeah. watching the cops. Where, right. where, where were you? <laughs> We're trying to figure something out. I, I mean, was in a bar. I just turned to my wife. I mean, I was sitting here. I was the one who was not with the rest of you guys at the contest itself. But I do believe I was literally sitting next to Stevie because he was back from work at that point. I was sitting next to Stevie and I said, all right, this is Greece. And Greece always does something. These 12 points will go to Cyprus. <laughs> and then don't I look like the Jamook? <laughs> like if there is one sure bet at Eurovision, it's that Azerbaijan votes twelve for Russia and Cyprus and Greece share twelve. Yeah, is that the case? I just I thought it was not as reciprocal. Like Cyprus always gives twelve to Greece, but Greece wasn't always as generous. Uh, no, points. it's it's pretty even generally. Uh, there, yeah, uh, but in this this case, if you've forgotten, four points from Greece went to That's Cyprus. Only four, and uh, Derek and I were in the press center. Yeah, is the dynasty over? Is the it, love story on that? No. Okay. <laughs> no, it'll it'll be back next I can't year. Break a broken uh, record. I mean, part of uh, record. Part, <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, a lot of the time, Cyprus, especially recently, will send Greek singers. Yeah. This year, they sent an Australian Cypriot Greek singer. And got an so I mean, there is really Australian vote. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Derek, you and I were in the press center at, at this moment. As I recall, except for perhaps the reveal of Cardia's televote total, this was maybe the loudest the press center got that night. Mm, I'd say so. It, it, it was It was just... Just like, ah, you know, just, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't, I don't think people were upset. Shame! Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the Cypriot press was. They were already planning. I was like, oh no. No, if you where see, are we going to get eight more points? Now? <laughs> <laughs> you see, for me, I was kind of doing double duty because uh, I was over in uh, a radio cabin, you know, not too far from from the press center. But it was me and you and Spence from Insight as we were doing our, our radio broadcast for the Portuguese station out in, the, out in Boston. And I had to because we were live on, you know basically live to tape, uh, I had to be the professional to say, oh, look, Greece has given Portugal 10 points. How wonderful is that? We say, if I to, to Greece, while at the same time, absolutely losing my head, like flailing wildly, you know, whacking you in on the shoulder and pointing out to him that they only got, gave, gave four to Greece. And just that sort of splitting between trying to be professional and like in my broadcaster mode while still like trying to suppress the holy crap holy crap holy crap fandom did, did you note it to the to the radio audience or did you did you point it out i think anything? i did i think i did because it because of how, how notable it is i i have to confess i i remember the reaction and i remember needing just like a second or two to be like what's everyone freaking out about <laughs> and then you looked and you're like, <gasps> like oh oh yeah, I'm not going to lie. Oh. I, I didn't realize it at all. Mostly because I was thinking, oh, the juries are just giving it to Sweden, aren't they? Yeah, yeah we were definitely at like, just how much is Sweden going to get mowed. So we were watching for this, those Swedish points. No, my, my, big, my big assignment during the votes as they were coming in was to basically mention if there were any major score changes at the top, if we had a new leader, if we had any countries getting their first points and therefore off of the null point, 
And because it was a Portuguese-focused radio station, anytime any country gave points to Portugal, Mm -hmm. I would call that out because it was not going to be a 12 most likely. So they would not, because it was a radio broadcast, they wouldn't see that as the points came together. Ah. So I, you know, would say, oh, we get 10 from from Greece. We've gotten, you know, eight from Moldova. And I would say, thank you. If I knew the language, I would say it there. But Wait, did Portugal get any 12s? I can't remember. They did not. Their their highest was the the 10 from Greece from the jury vote. Then they got uh, an eight from Moldova. I thought France or Spain had tossed them some, but... Uh, let's see. France and Spain. Yeah, they got five from France and six from Spain. Ooh, Spain. Where were you? I know. I know. So I was just thinking if there were any other super boisterous moments during that part of the final. And I think the other big one was the very first jury score reveal because they gave the UK like three. It was four. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just... The, the relief. Yeah, the catharsis of like not zero was just, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. We, were, we were surrounded by a good number of Brits. I mean, obviously it was, it was, <laughs> good it number, was there, yes. but like all of like, Liverpool, like there was, yeah. There, yeah, the consensus kind of around the room was that the UK was coming last. And I think even the betting odds had them most likely, most to. likely come last. And I was like, but also ninth in to win. So that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. So, and she did come last. In the running order. Ah. Okay. Yeah, it was a that was a crazy moment. Uh, I I feel like they're they're going to go back to loving each other next year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened here. Maybe it's just that he was Australian, but uh, yeah. internal politics. Who knows? Mm. Shall we roll on to our next question? Yes. Yeah. Let's. let's All do right. That. Yes, do. Our next one comes from Brandon Rieger. What's uh, up, Brandon? Hey, Brandon. Classic friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, This year is only my second year watching, and I personally thought that the song selections were overall very solid this year, where there were very, very few that I disliked. 2021 had quite a few that I could not stand. Do any of you also feel that this is an overall more successful year for song choices than 2021? You see, I I thought 2021 was a really strong year personally because I thought that a lot of the artists that were selected from the previous year that rolled over had more time to really refine refine their songs a lot of them wasted that opportunity thank uh, you true mm-hmm. but I, I i think he's i have to agree though we were talking during all of our review shows about how unbelievable this year was mm-hmm. we said a, a lot of really deserving songs especially in semi-final two are going to get left in the dust and they really shouldn't be even worse than semi-final one both of them there were way more than 10 songs that ought to have gone through and then last year we had rock stars um dude <laughs> no, I, good song. No, I think that yeah, I think overall nice. that there were fewer songs this year that I really disliked. Yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, and and there they were, got zero, so it's fine. Aww. Perhaps there were songs last year that I liked better, but I think this year was. I might take this year as in terms of where the average is of what I would give them in points. Phenomenally good. Mm. I think twenty twenty three was an extremely good contest. So yeah. you're not you're not in the minority there at all, Brandon. I've 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 heard it described between the the quality of the music and the quality of the performances and the hosts and the presentation and the city and all that that this was one of if not the greatest just contests mm-hmm. of of all time. And I, that that's a tough 
Yeah, that's, that's that's really tough. Yeah, I'm, a lot I'm, of that goes down to just yeah. to personal preferences yeah. and things like that. But. I remain partial to 2018. <laughs> that was my uh, first in, one. In, so in terms of that I recall, just yeah. the final is just wall to wall. Mm. Uh, just bangers. I, I will say in hindsight, I think 2022, if that is the one that you mean, was a bit of a down year in, in hindsight. So we got, you know, we got Stephanie winning. Mm-hmm. We got we, Spaceman. We, we had Spaceman. We had <laughs> Incorporisano. We had, was it, did we have Shum that year? No, that was, no, no, Shum was, Shum was 21. 21. Oh. Uh, 2021. Who's oh, they all been together? Oh, yeah, we had Yamame last year. Oh, yeah. Yamame, baby, well, baby. Well, hmm. <laughs> Ola, baby, baby. There's a topic for another But show. 2022, we also have, let us not forget that this is a year that we had a couple people advance due to some collusion in, you know, some underscoring. So, like, Azerbaijan belong in that final. I don't really think so. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I would say a, t- a testament to how good this year was was the fact that as we were waiting for the final running order to come out, it seemed like there was no good way to put these songs in order without you know, horribly mm-hmm, yeah. underscoring somebody. Yeah. Someone someone was going to get screwed because that first half was so good. Yeah. So, so, so good. What if oh, What if they just had Tattoo open? Like, all right, look, we know what's going to happen. Are just get this out of yeah, the way. Yeah, just chaos agent. P- put it in second. Well, I think... The ultimate experiment. Put, if if put Tattoo the, oh. was first or second, I don't think it would have affected its jury score. Yeah. No, at, no. Maybe maybe like three points or something ridiculous, but otherwise, which which means it still wins. Yeah, the, I don't think the jury takes that or into well, account nearly as much. The, actually, as we've established, the Televote hate just forgets the early song, so maybe maybe that maybe it does tank enough. Mm. Mm. That kind of leads into part one of our next set of questions, which Ooh. comes to us from uh, all the way in Perth, Australia, Craig Butterly. Hi there, Craig. In its present form, do you believe Tattoo would have had the same result if it was entered by a country like North Macedonia or the Czech Republic, you know, a smaller a smaller nation with not necessarily the biggest mm-hmm. voting bloc? Um, so we're imagining a world in which Loreen is North Macedonian or Czech or some, or, I mean, there are two separate situations or here. Or a singer of comparable talent. Right. A singer, so everything else is the same, except Lorena is an unknown quantity and is representing a smaller country. That yeah, has if, never if, won. If this is Lorraine from Malta. I see. <laughs> I would say absolutely not. Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. By probably. virtue that they're Sweden, just by looking at, let's say, Cyprus this year, it was an entirely Swedish production that no one cared about. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of, as, as great as Lurian is, and Tattoo was a perfectly solid performance, you know, I have nothing really against Tattoo. Tell us how you really feel. Eh, I'm, I, I, I like I'm it. I'm afraid you know. of needles. Yeah, I am afraid of needles. Toodle, tattooing. No, not, I'm I, not cool. Yeah, my fiance has the piercings and the tattoos for the two of us. Anyway, um, enough about that. A lot of the narrative around it was Lurian. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wasn't coming in with that automatic momentum of being a known quantity of, you know, one of the biggest winners of all time and the whole narrative of Sweden maybe tying the the, the record or, you know, Lydian pulling a Johnny Logan, you know, it's – there's a lot of narrative that kind of flows into that. So I think if she were an unknown – Tattoo still finishes top ten. Yeah. Yeah. With, with that, yeah. with, with that staging, with that performance, That's with that a top look. five song, for yeah, sure. absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, I was going to say, but there, but there were other elements. No, but there were elements of it, whether it was the country or if it was her, that pushed it really into that top spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if the performance is exactly the same, the the staging and the performance is still 
awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think it still does pretty darn well in both votes, especially the jury, but I don't think it wins. Not against this field anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we roll on to Craig's second question? Oh, what's the second one? It's, it's not fully related, but it's an interesting sort of thought exercise here. Do you believe if juries had more college radio friendly jurors, it would encourage more college radio type artists to participate? And we kind of, I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit in the sense of a lot of the juries tend to reward straight down the middle, pop, and very accessible genres. Mm-hmm. I, if they had a wider depth and breadth of genres <clears throat> represented in those juries, it might. I don't think it would be an immediate thing because, you know, songs don't get selected because of who we think a jury's going to be. And we don't even know who those jurors are until after the contest itself anyway. I'd say in a few countries they do. Hmm. <laughs> they're definitely considering the jury when they're but, somebody. college radio. Friend. I mean, like a little bit more, I think like a bit more alt. Yeah, a bit more. Yeah, less, less pop and a bit more Circus Mercus. I, I think that, <laughs> I don't think a lot of countries have stopped at sending somebody because they're like, well, juries aren't going to like this. Yeah, I, mean, I don't we, think a lot of countries metagame the contest. No. They I mean, some some they definitely do. Sweden. Besides, <laughs> but even besides Sweden, I think other like Cyprus, for example, oh, for sure, or for Azerbaijan, sure. they're, they're definitely thinking about the long game, the scoring, who's going to vote for this and where and how. Um, I think a lot of countries, though, don't. They just kind of sense it, like, let three. Yeah. I don't think anybody was looking at that like, ooh, yeah, this is a jury-friendly song. <laughs> or whoever. I would like to, I mean, we've talked about this before, I would like to see more diversity on the juries and encourage more success for more diverse songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think it, we'd see a huge shift if the jury suddenly changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there, there would have to be years. sort of an, a, an established track record of change almost for, for people to be like, okay, we really should start sending these things as the jury seems to like it or, or, or something like that. But it would really have to be a noticeable paradigm shift for uh, for a country to really consider that, I think. Mm. I mean, deliberately. Yeah. Otherwise, I think a lot of countries are just going to keep doing the same thing they've I mean, always I done. I mean, Portugal's not going to change. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and nor, nor should they. Iceland's yeah. not going to change. Nor should they. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I, I think the overwhelming majority of Eurovision uh, entrants every year are, are worthy are. and great. Like, that's not, I mean, yes, but that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say they, they go with... They're not going in with the intention or expectation to win. Yeah, yeah. They're going to participate and to and to help their careers and and things like that. That most countries aren't trying to win. They're just not, and that's cool. Like it, it, there's a place for not for mm. for that. So I yeah. think I think if there was some built-in success for different things it might be more encouraging for countries that lean on the juries more to diversify and i think that would be a good thing i mean i would love it if sweden sent a country song or a rap song at some point listen the netherlands already sent i know they do that but the thing is like country does pop up a lot in melody festival on it It, it really yeah and it's often done decently well i mean look at what victoria sent over no, he was no, he's oh, Dutch. Never mind. No, Dow was Dutch. Ah. But I would love to see them send something like really different because they have the infrastructure to do that. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a risk, but they kind of end up sending like we're going to send kind of the same thing. 
but have some interesting stuff in Melfest every year that mm-hmm. I feel like. Fjallgren. Yeah, I'd that's, love to see him go. The they, they selected two sort of gospel pop inspired songs back to back. I mean, there was that sort of diversification in that direction with, with you know, John well, Lindbeck and the Mamas. Well, thankfully, we had um, Cesar Sampson prove that the juries love that gospel pop sound. So I mean, <laughs> when it's sung well, amazing things can yeah. happen. And yeah. They sing it I well. Mean, you can come second in the juries and not even deserve it. Too what? late. Too late for love sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go on record. If there's any credibility to the whole thing, the thing is rigged for sweet. I'm gonna say, yeah, too late for love should not have come that high. I hate to break it to you, but I really like that song. Oh fight, 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 fight. It is too late. That's not a winning song, but is it? <laughs> the creepy stalker song? No, I guess not. <laughs> hey, how have you been? I know we broke up, but I'm standing outside your house again. <laughs> it's a housing complex. It's a public street. I have a right to be here. Is it too late? I got clean. Oh, God. Oh, good Lord. Show, I broke up. It. Sam, read, read another question. All right, all right. It's from, it's from our fifth Beatle. Uh, it's from Liz. For sure. Yep. Liz. Liz. I've never heard of this person. <laughs> Who the hell is it's Liz? Liz. Yeah. Uh, here's a fun one here. Which two 2023 acts would you most like to see a future collaboration with each other and why? And some of these are already bubbling up. I mean, Joker Out, we've already seen them. They've announced a tour that they're co-headlining. Yeah, they're touring with Wild Youth. With Wild Youth. Uh, they just did something with Keria mm-hmm. uh, that, that things have just been popping up. Uh, they're basically going to move in together. I'm, I, Boyan I, I, and Keria are just going to move in together. Oh, God, I need to see this as like a reality show. It's like Bosom Buddies. Oh! <gasps> They both have to dress in drag in order to get into how public housing. I love it. 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 All right. Uh, so, so who would you like to see? I mean, I, I guess I could start. I mean, I just I, I need to see Voyager hanging out with basically anybody. But my thought is Voyager with either Joker out or Lord of the Lost. Yes. A yeah, Joker I, out. I, I, a, a, that'd a, be sick. Yeah. A a Voyager Lord of the Lost collaboration. There'd be so many flamethrowers and just amazing costumes and just i i need to see this my first thought was voyager but i don't know if i'd want to pair them with another group as much as i'd want to see them go with a solo act oh yeah because i would love to see garia collab with a band so you have that group with the solo artist aspect what about lord of the lost luke black that would be good yeah i can see that because i was thinking luke black and uh tay and selena well, I mean, they were yeah. hanging out a lot. They were hanging out they're, a lot. I feel friends. like... And and Taya is Serbian. Serbian, yeah. So, so yeah. I feel like there's a lot of potential. And they're all like kind of on a similar wavelength in terms of their, their kind of politicking mm. and satirical edge. So that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I I went in a different direction uh, on this one. I would like to see... You went Blanca and Noah Carell, didn't you? No, I'm going <laughs> to... I just want to see the make out. No, Dance I'm party. Gonna, I'm going <laughs> to say Blanca and Let Three. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, uh, because I love chaos. Um, Let's hear a clip. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you really loved chaos, you'd put uh, Brunette with... Uh, with Lester. Well, with Tehran Tehran X. <laughs> oh, oh, no! No, 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 no. I, mean, no, I want my Mediter- Mediterranean digestible pop music. And we were talking about how Malta and Israel are friends. I would love to see Busker and Noah Carell. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think Ooh. they could make something a lot of a lot of fun. You know, especially if they had like a nice concert and like an outdoor venue in Cyprus just to kind of split yeah. it down the middle. Now, it's not it's not a similar vibe, but we're talking about, you know, they're, they're both along the same speed of, of pop music. Mm-hmm. I think they could peanut butter and chocolate each other really well. I think that dance break would be incredible. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. I was just going to say, I think a brunette 
Taranta LX would actually be good mm -hmm. because I know Burnett has done other folk collaborations. Mm. Uh, she has a song with Yellow Heart that's really good. That was a kind of a hit in its own right. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. But yes, politics aside, I think those they would get. <laughs> I think they would do really well together. All right, all right. I also think Vesna featuring Mimi Cat would be a Ooh. lot of fun. Mm. That girl power, a bit of a jazz edge in there. I think that could be a lot of fun. Or again, at the very least, I just want to see them like all just hang out together. Yeah, a couple of rounds of like some sort of fantastic wine-based beverage. For some reason, I'm seeing them doing like coffee talk. Oh, coffee talk with, Vez, with Vesna and Mimi Cat. Yeah, like, that's exactly. No offense, but Mimi Cat looks like she talks like that. Aww. She's like, all right. oh, I hear a sound. Like an extra from that scene in Goodfellas with the uh, <laughs> makeup and stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll just put one more out there. Mm -hmm. Hear me out. Yeah. Lazaria and no, that's both. Carry and Lazaria. Oh, yes, it's nice. like a couple name. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Think about it. Lazaria and Mimi Cat would actually be really good. Actually, Lazaria and Mimi Cat would be amazing. Mimi Cat well, and I mean, it's, it's, it's Blanca Paloma. It's Lazaria and Gustav, surely. Surely, oh, Lazaria. Oh yeah. Surely that'd be an unbelievable collab. There, Ooh. I won. Ooh. All right, podcast's over. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right, next one. Next one, we've got one from Tristan. Two trends I've noticed from 2023's acts potentially inspired by the 2022 contest are the dance break, you know, inspiring Chanel. Yeah, inspired by Chanel. Throwdown dance break. Yep. And sitting slash lying on the floor. So Cornelia Jacobs, Hold Me Closer, <laughs> begat Brunette, which begat. Luke Black. <laughs> sitting is a. I feel like that was. It's true. It's hundred percent true. But what I are feel like what that's are a coincidence? What are anything. some other What are some other trends this year that were potentially inspired by 2022? And what do you think from 2023 will be replicated in the 24 contest? I think this is just sort of something that crops up every year. There's always sort of a similarity in staging thing. I remember back in 2018, it was tall, lit up rectangles that everyone liked oh, to yeah. perform in front of. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In 2021 was the 90s pink or the 80s pink and yeah. blue oh, thing. Yeah, the, the so lasers, a lot of bisexual lighting. Yeah, yeah. A lot of lasers. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Eurovision staging is not inspired by only Eurovision staging. I feel like it, it's trends in concert presentation in, I was going to say, the real world. Yeah, people, uh, did, people didn't get together and think, okay, red and black this year, right? Yeah. Oh, the, oh, yeah, that was, what was that? God. El Diablo year. There was a lot of red and black that year. Well, this year. This year. There was also a decent amount of like immersive staging that, you know, mm. you, you saw Snap, which kind of led to things that we saw with Breaking My Heart and oh, yeah. and, yeah. and and Malta so and, 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 uh, and and Dance, our own party. And, mm -hmm. and you can almost argue uh, Australia as well with the car and that sort of scene changing. You can kind of argue that. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I like I like any anyone who plays with the fact that this is a TV presentation and it's not completely it's not completely that's, just for the that's right. Context. Danny loves the Polish CGI. Oh, the, the, I would rather die. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, like Malawi did that back in 2019. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of cool uh, frame moving when it was presented on the screen. Mm -hmm. You know this. Like I said, it, it's not just year to year. I, you know. This, Something begins with one act and maybe you don't see it for a year, but then that trend sort of has taken time to percolate and, and, and grow. And mm. Well, a trend I would like to see continue is we had Modiskin and then uh, Kalisha Orchestra, so more bands. More groups and Always bands. Yeah. We've definitely saw that this yeah. year. We took note of it. Uh, something that I did notice this year that I would love to see carrying forward is really embracing and bringing back 
the backing vocalists as a member of the stage family. We saw it with mm-hmm. Belgium. We obviously saw it with Albania because Lithuania. And with Lithuania. Mm-hmm. We really saw them taking a lot more of a central role. And I think we did see the announcement come through that Junior will be all live vocals again this Ooh, year, which is oh, great. That's, that's terrifying. So hopefully, so hopefully maybe that's a portend that these COVID era restrictions on backing mm-hmm. vocals, that might be potentially something to be in flux in the future. Uh, not like necessarily to have them back all on stage again, yeah. because that won't necessarily be conducive to every single presentation, but to have those live vocals present again, I, I, I would love to see back. that. I'm not 100% convinced I want that rollback, because I feel like it's freed up a lot of artists to focus more on the staging. If they have five backing dancers and pre-recorded backing vocals, they can do more stuff on stage. Mm versus okay well you guys got to sing and dance so the dancing can't be too elaborate because then you can't sing mm. i know I it's just, a point counterpoint I, it's, a, it's, it's a really interesting I, argument i think i think there have just been a lot of acts that are i don't want to say abusing the system well, they but, have been. But, i would agree that yes but there's are, been some are abuse. really really just uh, playing playing into that and relying on those backing vocals a lot um mm. oh i see what you mean that that's that, uh, I, I, I hate that I, I hate that part mm-hmm. of it. So, so I I, I want to. I think I want to see uh, that that will come back. As far as as far as trends and stuff, I I don't know about other things potentially moving forward. But I will make one prediction about next year, mm-hmm. and that is that the dance break is dead, and Noah Carell killed it. Yeah. Uh, no one can do better than no than- no no one no one's gonna want to. After she be, says, be, be, "Do you want to see me dance?" Like, everyone's going to be like, "Well, we already saw Noah Carell dance." Yeah, yeah. There, there's no one is going to want to be compared to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think, I think dance breaks are just are going to be done for a while, for a couple of years. Sure. I, I like the dance break. I feel like choreography is something that is very underutilized. Mm. Oh when yeah, it, when it's uh, yeah. when it's by somebody who's that good at it, yes. I don't mind seeing it. The fact that the last thirty seconds of the song is just her dancing, I'm like, that's performance. I mean, that's still part of the show, and to see her do it that well, I don't think it was filmed necessarily well. They went to too many wide shots, and you couldn't actually see her dance, which is weird. <laughs> do you want to see me dance? <laughs> no. Too bad. Unfortunately, here's a giant horse <laughs> the on the audience wall. At home, no. Yeah. In the view uh, when I said stadium, you couldn't even see it either because yeah. she was tiny. Uh, I just, I just think the bar is so high now. Yes, mm-hmm. that that it's. I th- I think kind I of going know. back to the the idea of backing vocals. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Finland again Please. just because I love the idea of bringing in different types of dancers to achieve different results. <sighs> yes. And the well, fact that he got ballroom dancers, yeah. their movement and style is so unique. And they weren't doing ballroom dancing necessarily, mm-hmm. but you could see their. Their control and their like their motion was just different and weird, and that's exactly the effect they wanted to get. It was it was Mm. ridiculous. I loved it. I I I got to a point where the smiles were just creeping me out. (laughs) Oh, I mean, uh, but that was yeah. To me, that was like okay. This is this is Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun video. Like this. Mm -hmm. He basically described them as cartoon characters. Yes, he said they had like the plastered hair and the fake teeth and the bright lots of makeup. Lego people. They basically were supposed to look like extras from Barbie. It, well, they yeah. Here's the here's the prediction that I will make mainly for next year, and it's basically sharing yours, Sam. I think we're going to have a lot more interactive with the screen or panel elements, and I say that mostly knowing that uh, this is Sweden hosting, so we are going to have tech heavy. We are going to have. I think we're going to have a great stage that is going to have a lot of tech 
uh, malleability and mutability. This mm. is I, I, we're going to have it, and everyone's going to make use of it. Yeah. I think based on like the top three this year, I'm I'm worried next year the trend is going to be big and expensive. To the point no. where something will probably win that's very cheap and simple. Yeah, something that is going to yeah, be we're... extremely genuine and heartfelt. That will have a Sabral moment. Yeah. Well, I, I think about like... Fine like, by me. I'd go back to Portugal anytime. Yeah, I'd love that. But like it's looking at like Mimi Cat. For one. Please. <laughs> yeah, are we going to go to someone cheap to travel to? Oh, come on, please. <laughs> Moldova, this is your shot. Yeah, Moldova. Everyone's going to spend... Republic, Greece, give it to us. Yeah, Moldova. I mean, just like we had, you know, Tattoo. We had... <laughs> Why am I blanking? All what, is Stephania? Stephania. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, like the, like the top five this year. I mean, we saw these huge, okay. big, expensive performances, Italy. stagings. Mm-hmm. Even Italy, like it he didn't have, elaborate. he spent a lot of money for what was effectively a very basic ballad yeah. that we never really got to see. Um, yeah. I mean, still, Norway, I, was, Norway was really the first one that had a simple staging. I was, was shocked just... at how cheap and simple that staging was. And she still crushed the, the telephone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one is from definite friend of the show. Uh, if you listen back to some of our preview episodes, you knew them. Uh, Novimpia, so Nova plus Olympia, uh, which I get a, a little bit of cross promotion here. If you don't follow them on YouTube, definitely do so. It's just YouTube Novimpia. They are an incredible drag pair uh, out of the south of England. Uh, we love them very, very much. We got to three of us got to meet the two of them yes. uh, in Liverpool, which is wonderful. Where I handed them a massive sack of Minnesota goodies. And they actually uh, just released the tasting, like the taste test episode on their YouTube. So a little bit of cross promo here. Um, you can see what kind of snacks I foisted upon them. And generally, it was pretty good. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're if you're a fan of their YouTube, check out our YouTube. We don't have a ton of stuff on there, but they have several hundred thousand more YouTube followers than we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. They've so. got like they've got like a quarter of a million. We've got like thirty. Yeah. No, no, it's in triple digits, but it's us. Not, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweet. All right. What's the anyway? Uh, Novimbia asks, which of the 2023 artists do you think most deserves a 2024 redo? I mean, again, I'm going to say Voyager just because one, that means more Voyager, and two, that also <laughs> means hey, Australia's back for sure. Yeah. But yeah, put Voyager in every year. Um, yeah, that would probably be my my first go to. Uh, Netherlands for sure. Really. Yeah. As as a pair or as solo? A pair. Or... As a pair or solo, I, I can't account for why they got dumped on. Mm. So I, it was an amazing, amazing little song. I really liked it. There's, they sent something like oh, that again. I love it. The thing about the Netherlands that I found really interesting is there's definitely something to be said for momentum going into the contest. Because I feel like, conversely, Norway had a lot of momentum going into it. Mm. And I didn't think she was as good. At the actual show, as she was in the national final, I think her national final performance was was really great, mm-hmm. but still tremendously good televote score. Mm-hmm. I think people were really excited about it, and not a lot of baggage. I feel like the Netherlands, even by their own country, <laughs> were kind of getting crapped on. Ah, sure. And if, if you were like at all tangentially following the contest, you knew going into it that oh well, this song probably sucks. I'm also gonna say something a little bit controversial, but <gasps> after having looked at the translation of an interview that he just did oh, in yeah. in in his home country. Oh yeah. Theodore Andre. Yeah. I feel he he was kind of thrown under the bus it seems by the people who who were supposed to be supporting him. Aww. Uh his own delegation and it's really heartbreaking to see that happening especially to a young artist. That's a really frustrating read. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really heartbreaking. Like oh, you, you want to go on stage and represent yourself to the best of your abilities, and when you don't have any creative freedom, 
I mean, I, like I've mentioned before, I'm very, I'm good friends with the Belarusian entrance from 2012, Light mm. Sound, and they had something very similar happen to them where they were forced to relinquish a lot of creative control. And I know, and I've seen how frustrating that is. And I want a young artist like Theodore to look at Eurovision and say, I did my best version of myself. And I feel like it's unfair and it's really unfortunate that he might look at his experience and say, that wasn't my best me. That's a whole topic for another show. Yeah. Because, I mean, conversely, you look at worse. Apparently, he was left on his own and he did everything by himself because they just didn't want to help him at all. Yeah. So. I wonder if they're going to be taking a break. (laughs) Romania. Who knows? It's that question of like free uh, TV, popular television. Because if you're in the show, regardless of how you do, lots of people watch and it doesn't cost you anything to produce. Mm-hmm. So it's a small investment for a lot of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of what, like tw- like 11 hours worth of, of television, basically? I mean, yeah, yeah, like four or five hours of TV just in the final. Yeah, exactly. But Derek, you said this was an easy question. What was what was uh, your answer? Taya and Selena, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, yeah. the more I think about it in retrospect, I was in love with the song a big part because of the music video and how it conveyed it's like it was like a short film that just conveyed so much story and idea that i like if i i'm not a theater director so if you ask me like oh what should they should they have done on their stage i have no idea what they could have possibly done to like recreate that in a different way uh all i can say is the staging for that song was absolutely terrible it completely undermined what they were doing Mm. they seemed a little bit lost up there and I know they did their best. They sounded great, but I would love to see what they do, especially with a couple more years of experience and working together. That was probably going to be my answer as well, but I will I will say the busker. Yeah, God, give yeah. Dave Jr. another chance. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to oh be the God. one to say Malta again. I'm glad <laughs> someone else did. Fair enough. Yeah. I, it was just, we did a whole, we just did a whole episode. We did a whole episode of yeah. yeah. what happened to Malta. But like, this is... It was so good. It deserved so much better. They were just amazing. And, yeah. Also, that gal from Sweden, she's good. <laughs> What's her name again? Lurleen. 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 It's weird. It's weird kind of talking about Malta in this context because I feel like they were given the best opportunity they could have had. Yeah. Like their staging was really good, their mm-hmm. performance sounded great. I, it didn't feel like they were being held back or impaired. No. Mm. It just, it just no. didn't Give matter. Give them another shot because they were put in the semifinal from hell. Given the mm. second running order. Sudden lights, too. Oh, God. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Sudden yeah. lights. This goes back to the other question about, you know, is was 2023 good, really great, or am I just dreaming? No, you're not dreaming. It's really great. It was really great. Really, really great. didn't have a shot, and it's just because everyone decided to send really good stuff all at once. Can you believe it? Eurovision, baby. End of episode. <laughs> what, one other, one other quick note. I'd say May Muller. I feel like she, yeah. she could have done better because of the technical snafu. Yeah, yeah, she seemed like she was struggling, and I, yeah. I feel really, being the host country after following Sam Ryder, who effectively saved the UK. Mm. <laughs> oh. Which, by the way, just speaking of Sam Ryder, this came out on on Twitter over these past few days as we're recording it. Did you guys happen to catch the duet that Sam Ryder and Hannah Waddingham did at this event? It was like the Grammy Museum hosting like the music of Ted Lasso event. And he he did his his new song, uh, Fought and Lost, I think it is. 
the, the one that with Brian May on the guitars, basically. But yeah. then she comes up and sings this incredible duet, the two of them together. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I'm trying to get through my work day and I'm almost in floods. It was that <laughs> good. It was that good. Ugh. Ugh. My heart just full. Yeah. Ugh. These yeah. are all great questions. And there's no reason to just tell all you listeners out there to not ask us any questions just because yeah. <laughs> just yeah. a mailbag send, send, send us more we'll yeah. Yeah. send us more the weirder the question the better honestly yeah. you know I, I would like to answer another question like what's your favorite soup I would also like that not too many this is a Eurovision podcast but you know we've already we've already teased our Great British Bake Off spinoff show <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, reach out to us. Email us directly. If you're not one of our patron followers, uh, we are going to have another episode uh, as we start collecting more of these questions. I actually have a really good one in here from Swedish Marcus. We know that you emailed us a fantastic question uh, that will be in our next mailbag episode. But again, if you have one for us, feel free to email us directly at 12pointsfromamerica at gmail.com. Reach out to us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. We're on YouTube as well. One two points USA on basically all of them. Mm-hmm. Just let us know your questions about the, the the Liverpool experience, about us, about what we think about things. <laughs> Can't wait to know. Yeah. Babies? Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Baby. Be- oh, Vejba, funny. I can't wait I to know. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, wait to know. All right. Uh, before we completely go off the rails, is there anything else that we've left on the table, or shall we just say goodbye until next time around? Goodbye yeah. until next time around. So until next time, everybody, I've been Samantha. I've been Derek. I've been Eric. And I've been Eddie. And America, stop, stop listening, listening now. now.